Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wassalamu rasulullah. You're listening to Islam tomorrow. We're broadcasting almost live today all the way from Masjid Musab bin Omer. We're here in Brooklyn at the corner of Bay Ridge and Fifth Avenue. If you've never been there, you've got to check it out. Because that's where the happening is. If you want to know what's happening with Islam in New York, this is the place to go. Don't go anywhere else. Come straight over here because this is where it's at. Right? And for those of you listening, you're thinking, oh, this guy's just talking. I'll prove it. Salam alaikum. See, I told you so. Okay. This is your host, Yusuf Estes, National Muslim Chaplain, retired now. Alhamdulillah. I work more now as I'm retired than I did when I was in the institutions. But anyhow, they asked me to talk on a subject today about the hurricanes, earthquakes, and tsunamis, and what's up with that. So, inshallah, that's where we're going to go with our little talk. First and foremost is that Muslims have something called Aqidah. What is Aqidah? Aqidah means the way we believe in something. And it's unique. Because if you understand the Aqidah of the Muslim, this makes everything real easy to understand the Muslim. Because from the very beginning, we know there really is a law, and we can prove that. So that's not an issue. We also know what our relationship is to God. This is not an issue for us. So this is not a problem for us. Also, we know what we're supposed to do. In fact, we even know when we don't do it and why we're in trouble. And that pretty much brings us up to our subject today of what's happening in the world. Because there's nothing that Allah created except it has a purpose. He tells us in the Quran that He did not create all of this for a foolish purpose. He also said, I created you and what you do. Therefore, the conclusion becomes that whatever happens only can come from Allah. Some people are challenged. They're not very much into Aqidah. Therefore, they will say something stupid like, well, yeah, but where's the bad stuff come from? And you ask them, okay, you think God is good? Yes, we do too. And He only makes good stuff. Yep, that's right. So where does bad come from? They said it come from the devil. Well, if the devil created bad stuff, that means you got two creators. Oops, that doesn't work. La ilaha illallah. There's only one. La ilaha illallah. One God to worship. No, actually everything comes from Allah. Even evil. Allah created evil. We have proof. Qul a'udhu bi rabbil falaq min shurimakhla. Say, I seek refuge with the Lord of Daybreak. Who is the Lord of Daybreak? Allah. From the evil that He created. Okay. Also, we know about the evil that comes with sahar, magic. We know about that, right? This is mentioned in the Quran in Ayah 102 in Surah Baqarah. You can check me out on the numbers, you know. Let me know if I got it wrong. And in this case, he talks about Harut and Marut, two angels that Allah sent down to the earth. And he ordered the angels, and angels have to do what they're told to do. They always do. Teach these people magic, but then tell them don't use it. And so the angels taught the people the kind of magic that will cause a man and a wife to separate, to divorce. The kind of magic that messes up people's lives. Yeah. And then ordered them, don't use it. Allah is just doing this as a test. Of course the people used it. 
But this we know from the Quran that everything that happens is from Allah. Now this brings us to our subject. What about the weather? Well, now what kind of believer would I be if I don't believe Allah controls the weather? But if you live in this country in the West long enough, what will happen? They try to make you, at least you make your children believe there's no God. At least keep your God in your temple or your mosque, but don't bring it out in the street, you know. Secular. And on the news, they're going to be real clear to tell you all of this stuff is just nature, nature. But then every once in a while, like right now, you're hearing Mother Nature. You know that? Have you heard about Mother Nature? Well, they don't want to believe in Allah, but they believe Mother Nature. Is that nice? You know the other one they have? Right here in New York is the most famous place in the world for the wife of, the husband of Mother Nature. You know who's the husband of Mother Nature? Father Time. Times Square. Every year at uh, New Year's, they got that thing goes up and down, right? Right? Father Time. They got a father time, a mother nature, but they don't want to talk about Allah. It's amazing. But they believe they came from monkeys. This is amazing stuff. And they call it science. (laughs) Okay, whatever. So for us anyway, in our Akita, we understand everything comes from Allah. Even we know from the Quran itself that in the last days there are going to be some big earthquakes. Allah said in the Quran, when the earth is shaken when it's, with its last big quake, the last big shaking which will come. Wow. Allah talks about that in the Quran. Did we have any earthquakes lately? Yeah. Some really big ones. We've also had some huge forest fires here in the United States. Now we talk about the forest fires over here like it's real, real important for a tree to burn down. But we don't hear much about 200,000 people being killed in a mudslide in another country because, you know, they're not Americans, so it's okay. But anyway, to stay on our subject, the tsunami this year was one that was like a big wake-up call for the world. Because nobody knew what's even a tsunami. Most of the people that I know never heard of a tsunami. Do you know how to spell tsunami? What's the first letter? T. You spell tsunami with it. So I want to know how in the world am I going to eat my to soup every day with a spoon with a to spoon or a, huh? To tsunami. To I don't. I know it has a T. I can't imagine why it has a T first. Tsunami. Tsunami. When you're running from it, maybe that's the sound you're making. I was there. I was in India when it hit. I felt the earthquake in Bangalore. Bangalore, India is inland, but we felt the earthquake. And we thought it was ants or something. Because in the bed, I was in the hotel room up real high, and the vibration was so fine. It was so fine the bed, you couldn't see it move or anything, but when you laid on it, it felt like just... I thought ants were on the bed or something. There was a sheikh in the next room. I was asking him, did you feel something? He said, yeah, you know what that was? I said, what? He said, jinn. 
Because the night before, another sheikh was calling the jinn out of some people, you know. And he said, I think the jinn came in our rooms and give us a hard time. And I was buying that. That sounded right to me until we heard about it on the news that, you know, this big earthquake occurred. And then they said there's something called tsunami. That's the first time I heard about it. And it's going to be the waters. They said the water is coming just a few inches high. But it's such a huge amount of mass of water that as it gets closer and closer in and the water becomes shallower and it narrows it down that it will become up very, very high, tall as a building. People were shocked. And sure enough, that's what it did. And it hit real hard. And then again and again. And that was in Shanai, India. When I went to Shanai, it was a couple days later. We saw the damage. We saw what they were cleaning it up from that. It's amazing. It really is amazing. A lot of people did die all over that whole entire area. That whole ocean over that side is amazing. The damage was caused. Then I move now to the subject of these hurricanes. You know that just before that, just before the tsunami, we had big hurricanes in Florida. I don't know if you remember that. But I was down there for that too. I was on one of the causeway bridges between St. Petersburg and Tampa in a van when the eye of it passed through the area that I missed this, which I wish we'd have got the eye of it because that's when it stops. But we got the rough edge of that thing. It almost blew us off of there. That was a scary event. Then we want to talk about this big, huge hurricane that come through New Orleans. And it was the worst they ever had. But it also broke the levees. Because they, they, New Orleans is underwater. Always has been. But they have these levees around there that keep the water out. But when it broke through those levees, it just flooded the whole area. They tried to pull the water out and put up some small little dams around there and get the water out. But then it hit another hurricane. And then, of course, the big earthquake which just happened uh, in from Islamabad all the way up in Pakistan to Afghanistan. And I think pretty much that brings it up to date, right? That's what you already know. How about what goes on behind the scenes? Just to mention a few. I don't know if you know this or not, but in the Bible, and I used to preach Christianity, so I have a little bit of background with the Bible, you know. In the Bible, it talks about people who disobey Allah and what Allah does to them. And one of the things that Allah punishes them, the very most punishment is for worshiping gods other than Allah. That's what it says in the Old Testament. Real clear. Whenever they set up partners in worship, you call it shirk. Whenever they do that, Allah punished them again and again again. And again and again. This is what he hates more than anything. But also other things they were punished for. In the book of Genesis, which is the first book, it talks in there about a prophet called Lot. They say Lot. They're mispronouncing it. They need another O and it would be correct. Lut. Because that is his name in the in the Semitic language. Prophet Lut. Alayhi the people of Lut, salam, peace be upon him, were bad, according to the Bible. According to you from the Bible. They were so bad 
they were men who want to be with men and women who want to be with women. And Allah talks about this in Quran too. By the way, we know about this in the Quran that this is a lust that these people have that's not normal. It's the kind of a lust for desiring something out of the ordinary. It's really strange. It's meaning he doesn't have control or she doesn't have control. And they don't want to. They want to give in to their passion. Which again is something Allah doesn't like. You control yourself. See, So, angels came. I'm telling you the Bible story. Bible story. Angels came to loot. And he was trying to defend them against his people. Because the people saw these angels thought they were beautiful men. They wanted them. He offered them, he said, take, take my daughters, but don't take these guys. They're my guests. This is a Bible story. Then the angels told him, you get her. Move. And the Bible goes into some detail about how far he has to move. He said he's too tired to go too far and have some strange things. In any case, he left. And then Allah rained down fire and brimstone and destroyed them. Destroyed them all. This is in the Bible. Why am I keep mentioning the Bible? Because I'm going to quote to you from a Christian website. Christian website said, the reason New Orleans was suffering from all of this is because of something that they do that's bad. The Christian website said that in New Orleans, many of them, not one, many Christian websites attacking the people who do these things in New Orleans, Louisiana. Because you see, Allah tells us in the Quran, we're fasting, alhamdulillah, Ramadan right now. And Allah tells us in the Quran, A'udhu billahi min shaitanir rajeem, Ya yuladina amanu, kutiba alaykum as-sahum. O you who believe, it's ordered for you to fast. Like it was ordered to fast from the people min qabli, before you. Those people before you also were ordered the same. Well, we find in the Catholic Church, they do have such a thing, by the way. And it's just like some, not, not just like fasting, which means food, drink, also not go to your wife during the day, things like this. But, you can also stay away from other things, like talking. You can stay away from other things, which maybe could be bad. And so, they have that in their church, even now. They do this by the sighting of the moon, every springtime, early spring, late winter, they call it Ash Wednesday. They start on Wednesday. The priest takes some ashes and he puts it on the forehead of the people. And that begins one month of this fasting or staying away from whatever the priest tells them to stay away from. Okay? But in New Orleans, Louisiana, they have something called Mardi Gras. And Mardi Gras is a week of the worst kind of action you can imagine from a human being. And it ends on Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday. And what they do, they party right up to the minute of 12 o'clock. And then when the next day starts for them, then they have to stop and become, you know, make tauba and repent. So they plan to do bad things so they got something to repent for. 
This is what it's on the Christian website. Read it. And they have these parades. The women do bad things. The men do bad things. It's some strange stuff. You don't want to go there. Not in Mardi Gras. I've seen it before. Years ago, I saw this. And I had a, a, my uh, little boy with me. And I didn't want him to see this. And it was daytime. They had a parade. I thought it would be nice. They were going to throw some stuff and the children. I said, forget about it. You have that expression up here in New York. Forget about it. Yeah, I saw it on the sign out there on the freeway. Just don't want to know what it is. It's that bad. So, according to the websites, they said that Allah is punishing these people because they do this. And one more thing. Homosexuality. They had it last year called the Day of Decadence. Decadence, we have it in the Quran. This word in Arabic sounds like fajr, only it's what? Similar to the word fajr. Fajr. You know this word. It's really bad. It's mentioned in Quran. Decadence. This is something, by the way, mentioned in Hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu In the last day, you're going to see it. You're going to see it everywhere. Just like Mardi Gras. Just like Mardi Gras. And just like Day of Decadence. Last year, they had, they said, like 10,000 people. This year, they're planning on 20,000. And you had it here in New York one time that I saw. when The parade going by and at night, they had all these people doing strange stuff. I said, what is this kind of parade? They said... Shaykh, don't look. You don't want to see it. It's bad. But they wanted to increase it more. And last year, the mayor of New Orleans said something against it. Because he said, these people are taking off their clothes. They're doing so and so. This is bad. So they put it in the newspaper. The mayor isn't, is not open-minded. So this year, he has to be quiet. But Allah is not quiet. Because guess when they're going to have Day of Decadence? The week after the big hurricane. Only they can't have it now because there's nothing there but water. So they were working hard and it was on the internet that they're going to try to get, you know, at least some water down, drain this and do that and try to at least have their Day of Decadence anyway, blah, blah, blah. And Allah sent another hurricane on top of them. Okay. Yeah. But I don't want to stop there. That's them talking about their business. I didn't say what we think. I want to leave that. You know why? Because it's not right to talk about other people's problems when you've got your own problems. Okay? Let them deal with their problems. It's on the BBC. I saw it on the BBC and the, they put it in the, uh, you know, on the wire and all these newspapers picked it up. They put it on the internet. I was on like the fifth day of October. An Afghani refugee in Pakistan. An older man, like about 40 years old. Went to a family who was very poor. And offered them 40,000 rupees. Which is like 50 cents, I think. Not very much. That's about 380 uh, British Pound sterling, I think is what it is. Anyway, why did they, why was he buying from them? Their son. Not their daughter. Their son. And they had a marriage. They married. 
And they put it all over the news to show that now Pakistan is becoming progressive. Pakistan is becoming modern now, they said. Pakistan is opening up. And so they interviewed people who are homosexual in England who are from Pakistan, who said things like, oh, it's better for us over in Pakistan because, you know, nobody bothers us over there. Over here, people look at us, give us a hard time, but it's easier, blah, blah, blah. Nobody even looks at their hand, like raise their eyebrows, two men's holding hands or hugging each other. They were saying weird stuff, weird stuff. What happened? What happened a couple days later? The worst earthquake ever to hit that area. Now, in one case, Allah put those people under the water. In the other case, He put them under the ground. This was the same punishment that Allah gave in the Quran to Karun. Who is Karun? You remember him? From the people of Musa, a.s. You remember that? He was so proud of his knowledge. He, he's saying, this is how I make so much money because of my knowledge. He wouldn't give Allah credit. He had so much treasure that strong men can't even carry the keys to his treasure. Yes? Where did Allah put him? The people said, we want to be like him, man. We want to be like him. Until Allah put him down, until his neck in the dirt, only his head looks like a melon sitting there. huh? And then people said, no, we don't want to be like this guy. See? Is Allah giving us a lesson or is this Mother Nature? Okay. I gave you enough of that. Now I want to get down. That was not my speech, by the way. I was just getting you warmed up. Because I want you to know that I received an email. This email made me cry because I realized that even though there are some mistakes that we have as Muslims... There's still some beautiful, beautiful Muslims in the world today. Good Muslims. The boy was how old I just told you about? 16? Well, listen to this 16-year-old boy. The opposite. Somebody was... He's in uh, Karachi. He sent, a, sent me an email to let us know how he's doing. He says, thanks a lot for your concern. I'm safe. My family's safe. In Karachi, we didn't feel it at all. But in Multan, it gave shivers... Nothing happened in the city, though. The northern part of the country is devastated the most. Miles and miles of land and villages completely wiped off. We're here in Karachi so busy collecting food, clothes, machines, medical supplies, etc. to send to the affected areas. But catastrophe is so huge that even thousands of people working together cannot take this situation under control. But one boy, 16 years old, was rescued from underneath the rubble of a building. And he is a true beacon. Beacon is like a bright light of human faith and conviction. He did not lose hope all the way up until he was rescued. And he was underneath a 10-story building in Islamabad, and he and his friend were completely under this building and the debris. Listen, the quote from the boy. This man wrote me this email, saw him on TV, and he's quoting, the boy said, For sure, when the building was coming down on us, I became extremely terrified. But then I remembered, nothing happens 
without the permission of Allah. And those who remain submitted to Allah's will, they're the people who are going to be considered successful by Allah. It made me and my friend feel pacified. He told his friend, don't give up. If we have to live more, no one is going to take our life away. And if we have to die, there's nobody who can save us except Allah. A young 16-year-old boy. Even while we were surrounded by darkness and dead bodies, we remained calm and we didn't get afraid at all. You see, we were fasting in Ramadan. I'm sure that Allah has saved me to be an example for those people watching from a distance. And He has some big plan for me as well. I request the people don't decide from the face of things about this disaster because life is only temporary. Said the boy kept smiling the whole time he was talking and had a beautiful look on his face of contentment. He said, My eyes can cry, but my heart remains faithful and content no matter what happens to my body because it's nothing but a trial. My soul remains faithful and submitted to Allah. How can this boy, this 16-year-old boy, speak like somebody uh, 60 years old? What kind of wisdom is this? We look for some sheikh to talk to us like this, not a 16-year-old boy. He said we decided that if life is there, there would be no need to be worried. For it's not us to decide, only Allah. And we went to sleep in a peaceful manner. They slept with a ten-story building crashed down on top of them and dead bodies around them in total darkness while they went to sleep in peace. Never mind, they can't even break their fast. They don't care. Look at this. He said, I was watching this boy on television and I was astonished that a boy of this age can talk to us in this way. Even all these difficulties he's going through, but he's not discontent. He's happy. Happy to be a Muslim. Look what Allah talks about the people the people who are never content. We're here, brothers, sisters in Islam. We're here in Marka. That's how Mr. Bush said, Marka. We've got all the opportunity. We've got everything. Yet we complain and we're not content. SubhanAllah. Allah said, such people have a disease in their hearts who have no faith or belief and with this self-adopted disease, they not only suffer in this world, but in the akhir, in the hereafter as well. He goes on to tell us about they're going to collect some more medicines, clothing to help the rescue teams, that the military will not allow them to go in because the roads are broken down anyway. Only helicopters can get in. But he says of those who died, they were going to die that day at that time anyway. Those who are still alive have to learn the lesson from these accidents or incidences because they're all from a law. And we mustn't call it another natural disaster because this is from a law.
See, faith is required in this so-called knowledge-enlightened world. It's amazing. You know the Prophet said before the end time there will be an age where the actual and required knowledge is going to disappear from people though they will have all kinds of experts among them. I recall a hadith in one of our recent television programs I remember reading a Sahih hadith that said in the last days the knowledgeable people will be thought of as fools and the fools will be taken as knowledgeable people. And the honest people will be thought of as as dishonest. And the dishonest people will be taken as honest. Is that happening today? Are Muslims being accused of treachery and that was another, it said the ones who are having integrity are being accused of treachery. But the ones, listen to this, the ones who are the most treacherous are thought of as the ones with integrity. Is that happening today? Huh? Yeah. Pretty good predicting, isn't it? It's because he's a real prophet. When I read this email... I said, you know what? When I come to Masjid Musab bin Omar, I got to tell you this story. The brother told me that while he's there in Karachi, he's feeling like, you know, I need to appreciate what I have. Because I didn't suffer, but my brothers did. He realized a lot of things. He said, I also realized the beauty of coming in the Jama'ah for the Salah. Because that's where the people gather together five times a day. And we're together sharing, contributing, and helping each other. And this really helped during the tsunami too. I don't want to give you that whole story, but that was a real big thing. The Muslims in the Indonesian countries, the Muslims on those islands opened up the masajid immediately to all the other people and brought them in, cooked for them, provided medical attention and a place for people to gather because we're already set up for that. We do it every day, five times a day. They already had the microphones to call, but it didn't work because they didn't have electricity. But they had people with big mouths that can holler because they're used to calling the Adhan, no problem. We do that too. And they had the pots and pans to cook because we have them there for Ramadan every year anyway. We already knew how to take care of the people. And he says here, he's realizing that this coming together five times a day has a huge benefit to it. He's thinking about that. He said... I felt immensely lacking for not doing more. He said, and at a time in Europe, and by the way, this is not a joke, I know this too. In Europe, while I was in London, they were talking about the churches in the last 20 years, their attendance has declined 18%. 18% stopped going to church altogether. Now, they only go to church sometimes on Sunday anyway. You know that. But while Islam is increasing, more people are entering Islam every day, even now. More Muslims are coming to the Masajid, even now, but their religion is going down. Strange, isn't it? 
And how about Juma on, on Friday? How about Juma on Friday? And we're seeing an increase, but their Sundays are going down. So, I guess Allah is telling us real clear in the Quran when He says, وَقُلْ جَاءُ الْحَقَّ And say, the truth has come. And the battle, the falsehood has vanished. For sure, the falsehood will always vanish. The truth of what? La ilaha illallah. La ilaha. I feel good every time I say that. And I feel even better when I see somebody say it for the first time when he says a shadow. An la ilaha illallah. Wa ashadu. And the Muhammadin Abdul Rasul. Yes, you've been listening to Islam always and we've been broadcasting almost live from one of my favorite places with my favorite people right here in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. I hope, inshallah, that those of you listening to this in the future will pay close attention because you never know how many more seconds we'll have till the clock runs out. Till next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.